Have you ever wanted to dive deeper into the philosophies behind modern-day politics? Then don't miss the newest episode of Meet the Experts, where I talk with the creators of the Giants of Political Thought audio series. Available now wherever you get your Howie Car Show podcasts. Live from the Aviva Trattoria studio, it's the Grace Curley Show. we got to bring in a new voice, a young voice, a rising voice, Grace Curley. You can read Grace's work in the Boston Herald and the Spectator. Especially, Grace, Grace, stand up. Here's the millennial with the mic, Grace Curley. Welcome back, everyone, and happy Friday to all of you. I just want to mention one thing before I forget it, because I got so many thoughts coming at me before we wrap up the show. I had mentioned when I saw the, I think it was originally $353 million in damages that Trump was ordered to pay by Judge Engeron, that perhaps, just maybe, and I know this is going to shock people, Democrats had once again overplayed their hand. And you know what I would say, Jared, is a surefire sign that they did indeed do just that. When you've got Jeb Bush writing op-eds in the Wall Street Journal defending Donald Trump, that could be a sign that you've gone too far. Please clap. That you've pushed the envelope. When low-energy Jeb, remember he had the exclamation point? Low-energy Jeb. When he comes out, and writes in the Wall Street Journal that we should be defending Trump. Yeah, I think you went a step too far. Okay, now joining us now is Emma Foley for Last Call. Last Call! Time now for your end of the week wrap up with Emma Foley. It's Last Call. Last Call. Last Call. Last Call. Let's go. Last Call. Last Call. Last Call. Let's go. Last Call, everybody. This is the time of the week where Emma comes in and she gives us a rundown of things that we may have missed. Emma, what do you got for us today? So this week was President's Day week. And so the annual greatness, presidential greatness survey came out. Now, greatness does not mean what you consider to be greatness, which would mean size, as in William Howard Taft, your favorite president. But it means rather, uh, can I just say... I was going to I wasn't going to interrupt you this early on, but it's the fact that you automatically go to his size that I really find offensive. Like, yes, it's not. It's his greatness. But William Howard Taft. Yes. Is he known for being stuck in the bathtub? Sure. By the hoi polloi, by people like you who haven't read into it enough. But if you do some deep digging, you'll realize he's a complex person with feelings and dreams. That bathtub was a Russian spy. (laughs) A paid actor. It was a setup. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, go ahead, Emma. So this survey, uh, they collected the basically opinions of 154 presidential specialists, so presidential historians from across the country, and they came up with a rather interesting ranking for presidents. Um, So have you you seen this? Did you see where Biden fell on this list? Don't tell me he's top 10. Is it up the stairs? Top top fifteen. He's number fourteen on this list, which I'm not sure what on what planet he's fourteenth best president. Yeah, like who is uh, who is falling beneath him? Reagan, Taft, Cleveland, Ford. Clearly, this was the MAGA list they uh, went after. I'm cool. sure you can guess. I'm sure you can guess where President Trump fell on this list. Is he dead last? Dead 
dead last. last yes wow who's who's right behind him like nixon right above him buchanan yeah. oh okay okay um can i ask you who's number one lincoln which makes sense yeah who's number two fdr so i am not a fan of fdr i would put him last on my list i think he single-handedly ruined this nation wow yes spitting facts she just comes out and she does not hold back where does teddy fall on the list fourth which i do want to make a correction so earlier this week you asked me my favorite president yeah he went completely over my head he's definitely my favorite president really and and you had said calvin coolidge no no that's how he's that's how he's don't tell me who you said no, I don't remember who did you I say? named like four different presidents, Reagan, Lincoln. I said Nixon gets a bad rap. Not that he would be my favorite president, but I think that he's underrated, which this list also mentioned that he is underrated. But Teddy Roosevelt, he's a trust buster. He's a conservationist. He's a true Republican. Speak softly, but carry a big stick. Exactly. He's the one that got shot and then kept giving a speech, right? We need we need more of that. I'm not the presidential historian. Not... not shots but the continuing of the speeches oh god <laughs> so we can't we can't go I'm with glad this you clarified yes you yes we can't go with this list but um i don't know if he got shot but you know you, you know what um you and you could be absolutely right on that like i said i'm not a presidential historian we got to bring in john meacham for that we got to bring in the big dogs but remember reagan was giving a speech i know taylor loves this and the balloon popped and it was right after his attempted assassination and he he kept going and then he looked at the audience and he said missed me and it was really cool. It was really, you want a uh, Hollywood cowboy, but not Hollywood, just like a real cowboy. That was a cool moment. Mm-hmm. That's that's like a moment Joe Biden tries to... Watch me. He, he tries to have these watch me moments and it doesn't work out. And then we watch him fall down the stairs of Air Force One type you of thing. Know, and you know who else had kind of a good, a tough guy moment was, or I thought he handled it well. Maybe not, definitely not as cool as Reagan. But when George Bush got the shoe thrown at him, and he ducked. Ooh, yeah. That's and a good video. Of, it was a real quick duck, you know? Like, he was fast on his feet. And he didn't panic, which was good. Do you think they have, like, training for them? Like, secret service takes them in a room? I'm sure they... I'm Day 42, shoe dodging. <laughs> well, it's like... The thing is, everyone likes to imagine that in those circumstances, you'd have a cool head, like, that cooler heads would prevail. But you don't know. That's the crazy thing. You do not know what your instincts are going to... You could be a George Costanza and start pushing old ladies out of the way. Like, you have no idea what you're going to do in those moments. There'd probably be some sort of noise that you emit that's, like, not flattering. Yeah. Uh, yes. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Keep so going. we can't go we can't go by this list, but if you follow us on Instagram, Howie Car Radio Network, you'll see the staff list and it's it's pretty good stuff. Our favorite presidents. I know Howie's is Calvin Coolidge. Yes. I don't know Jared's. And I feel like it's I know so much about you. I'll let you know where Jared's falls on the list. Oh, okay. Forty first oh, out of forty five. <laughs> Who are you picking? <laughs> you'll have to find you out. You blink and you'll miss him. Where does, <laughs> uh, who was I just going to ask about? There was another, where does George Washington fall on the list? Where is, oh, he's third. Oh, okay, good. Respectable. Do they I'm know he had that. slaves? Uh, right. I, I like that that ranking for George. And speaking of founding fathers with slaves, we're going to move on to our main story of the day, woke AI. Yeah, this has been all over Fox. Um, people are really running with this. I tend to, I don't know why. And maybe it's because I'm just old now or something. But I, whenever I see AI, it just, 
I gloss right over it. Like it just the whole thing. It confuses me. I don't know because it's a it's a machine, but it's from what I hear, it's the people programming it that are creating all this wokeness, right? Because the machines themselves. They don't have political biases. It's the people creating the algorithms. Precisely. Because they run strictly off of science. So they are going to be biased, but because they're running off of just analytics. So let's say, let's say men and women, you have this ranking and it's who likes strawberry ice cream better. And it says men bought more strawberry ice cream in 2024. AI would say men like strawberry ice cream better. Now, we as humans know that's not necessarily true. You can't just say any given man likes strawberry ice cream better than any given woman. But AI would run on that because it's just going by this intelligence. So you had chat GBT and then you had the X version, Elon Musk's Grok. And they were coming up with very factual, very straightforward things that were angering the woke people in silicon valley so google came up with one called gemini and this yes this woman named jen janai is in charge of gemini say that five times fast <laughs> and she's she's in charge of the responsibility initiative and we have a, a little cut here this is cut 16 where she's talking about her biggest regret and issue working I treated every member of my team the same and expected that that would lead to equally good outcomes for everyone That was not true. I got some feedback that a couple of members of my team didn't feel they belonged because there was no one who looked like them in the broader org or our management team. It was a wake up call for me. First, I shouldn't have had to wait to be told what was missing. It was on me to ensure I was building an environment that made people feel they belong. It's a myth that you're not unfair unfair if you treat everyone the same. There are groups that have been marginalized and excluded because of historic systems and structures that were intentionally designed to favor one group over another. So you need to account for that and mitigate against it. So her biggest problem was treating everyone equally. So she's one of the people behind Google Gemini. And the issue that they're having with this is that they've programmed it to be politically correct. So you type in that you want, for example, someone looked up that they wanted an image of a pope. Now, Every pope, all 266 popes throughout history, have been white males. You type it into Gemini, you want a picture of a pope, you end up with a Southeast Asian woman dressed in papal vestments. This has been the case for all sorts of things. They look up founding fathers, they're getting racial minorities. Okay, so I'm going to say something, and I'm going to try to say this as succinctly as I can. I don't understand how changing the past is supposed to lead to any sort of progress like i'm a big believer in understanding the past with all of its flaws and all of its problems if you understand it you can act differently going forward you can make adjustments you can make improvements and i was actually listening listening yesterday to the five and they were talking about this story a lot and judge janine made a good point she said if you looked up a diner in like the 1950s it would show, and you did it based off AI, Gemini, whatever it's called, it would show black people and white people all at the counter together. And she said that wouldn't be accurate because there were Jim Crow laws and they were horrible and they were repugnant, but they kept people separate. And it doesn't do anyone any good to not acknowledge that. It doesn't do anyone any good to pretend that things were different than they were because it's, it's just creating this false history. And don't we want people to learn that? I feel the same way when people try to tear down statues or when people try to get rid of Native American team names. Why are we 
destroying this history, even if all of it's not good. Don't you want people to know it? Well, of course, you and I want people to know history. But as Orwell says, he who controls the future, the present controls the past and he who controls the past controls the future. And as you played earlier, that woman from Politico who clearly doesn't know history, you can control her mind and everyone who reads her work. Do you have an opinion on that, by the way? Should we play the cut again? Sure. Let's play. You're our our religious uh, expert of the group here. Let's have, and again, this is Heidi Prisbola. She's from Politico, but she's on MSNBC. She's getting a lot of heat today. She claims she's been taken out of context, uh, but this is the cut that's getting the most attention. This is cut two. And the one thing that unites all of them, because there's many different groups orbiting Trump, but the thing that unites them as Christian nationalists, not Christians, by the way, because Christian nationalists is very different, Mm -hmm. is that they believe that our rights as Americans, as all human beings, don't come from any earthly authority. They don't come from Congress. They don't come from the Supreme Court. They come from God. The problem with that is that they are determining man, men, Mm -hmm. it is men, are determining what God is telling them. And I just want to say, I have the full transcript. She said, and in the past, that so-called natural law is a pillar of Catholicism, for instance, and it's been used for good in social justice campaigns. Martin Luther King evoked it in talking about civil rights. But now you have an extremist element of conservative Christians who say that this applies specifically to issues including abortion, gay marriage, and is going much further than that. As you see, for instance, with the ruling in Alabama this week, she goes on to talk about IVF, surrogacy, sex education in schools and a lot of other things. So that's the full, just because she says it was being cut out, that's the other part of it. Emma, what do you make of that cut? I mean, clearly she hasn't read Aquinas or subscribes to him. He is kind of the father of natural law for Catholicism, and he would be totally against everything she is for. But she talks about, so Christian nationalism is the buzzword right now. If you Google Christian nationalism, you'll get like six different articles about how Trump is going to use this to take over the country and then the world. But the whole concept of natural law and that God gives us our rights, that's a thats a Jewish concept. That's an Islamic concept. It's a theist concept. So if you believe in God, you believe that your rights stem from him. So she's off base. And I, I don't think that even people in the middle are going to agree with this. She's so smart. You are so, so smart, Emma, and we appreciate you coming on. And I have nothing to add to that because, again, this is not my forte, but... I wish you had been on that panel because maybe you could have given her a little bit. Put me in, coach. That's by the way. That's what. uh, That's my new theme song for Kamala Harris. Every time I read an article about her, she's like, "I'm ready. I'm ready." And then she goes, "But thank God I don't have to be because Biden's so sharp." And I'm like, "Yeah, you're right. Phew. Thank goodness we don't have to worry about it." Eight four four five hundred forty two forty two. That's it for last call. If you missed it, you can always check it out where you get your podcasts. Um, All our episodes are always up there, ready to go. We will be right back with more. Don't go anywhere. Follow Grace on Twitter at g underscore curly. This is the Grace Curley Show.
Welcome back, everyone, to the Grace Curley Show. We got a lot to get to. I know what you're thinking, but Grace, there's only a half hour left. Yeah, but we're going to pack a lot in here. So today's poll question is brought to you by Omaha Steaks. The Omaha Steaks semi-annual sale is here. Get 50% off site-wide and save on mouth-watering favorites today. And if you visit omahasteaks.com slash grace, that's omahasteaks.com slash grace, You can get eight free Omaha Steak burgers with select packages when you shop the semi-annual sale. Typically, I'd be telling you how I'm going to have a nice glass of red wine and a delicious steak tonight. But, like Joe Biden, I'm a devout Catholic. And I, well, I won't say that. I'll say I do my best, okay? I do the best I can. I will actually have a nice piece of salmon because the great thing about Omaha Steaks, Jared, is you can select all sorts of delicious things. Doesn't just have to be steaks. Doesn't have to be burgers. The possibilities are endless. It fits everybody's lifestyle. Um, And what is the poll question, good sir? And what are the results thus far? Today's poll question, which you can vote in at GraceCurleyShow.com, is how do you think the Trump payment to New York will play out? He'll sell property in New York to pay. He'll pay without selling New York property. A generous donor will pay for him or he won't pay anything. Yeah, and I keep going back to this Jeb Bush op-ed. And it's not so much that the op-ed was anything mind-blowing. Because, I mean, Jonathan Turley writes about this stuff all the time. And I usually go to his stuff because he's really top-notch when it comes to breaking down these cases. But it's more, in this case, it's the man behind the computer or you know it's the man holding the pen that i'm fascinated with the fact that jeb bush of all people is coming out in defense of donald trump he says the u.s is the business capital of the world in large part because of its robust constitutional system an impartial judiciary but two unprecedented legal decisions against donald trump and elon musk call that into question in both cases judges have ordered massive punitive judgments on behalf of dubious or non-existent victims I'm going to say, and I'm hopeful, that a group of generous donors are going to come in and they're going to... Because when you really think about it, Jared, if you get like Bill Ackman, Elon Musk, a couple billionaires together, and they all have to give 100 mil, that's nothing. That's chump change. Throw it to... Trump, they'll pro- hopefully, unless, unless all the appellate courts have lost their minds, hopefully they'll all get it back. And it would be a nice, unifying moment for everybody. So I'm going to go with that. Just 9% think Damn! Gener- are buying into the generous donor theory. 58% think he won't pay anything, ultimately. 19% think he'll pay without selling New York property. And 13% think he'll sell some property to pay. Okay, okay. Well, I'm going to tell you guys this. When we come back, I have an update for you on Fannie Willis and Nathan Wade. We're going to play some more flashbacks for you on that front. And there's some other big stories brewing that I want to talk about. Plus, South Carolina primary is tomorrow. Nikki Haley is not giving up. And it looks like she's going to lose the state she was once the governor of. We'll talk about that. There is so much in this last half hour. We're going to get to it all, and we want to hear from you. It's 844-500-4242. It's Friday, and it's The Grace Curley Show. Live from the Aviva Trattoria studio.
I guess Hunter Biden is supposed to be on Capitol Hill Wednesday to testify under oath. Or is this a closed door one? This might be the deposition. I don't know. But the last time he just showed up and he made this speech that really had everyone's head spinning and raised a bunch of eyebrows. So I don't know what he's going to do this time around. But rest assured, everyone, we will be tuning in when that time comes. Uh, Let's go back to the story that kicked off the show today. It's just that good. It's worth talking about. And that would be Fannie Willis and Nathan Wade. I do think... You want a little uh, fun fact? Always. That movie, Duets, Gwyneth Paltrow. I regret this decision. <laughs> yes, you, you should know better than that, Jared. <laughs> um, was not a huge success. It was a cri- critically... I did know that. Yep. It, the response was not good. Her brother was the director of it. And so she kind oh, of... It was kind of that. a B-list movie, and she was pretty much at that point an A-list star, but she did the movie, I think... Is, you know, to be a good sister. And that song became a number one hit, even though the movie itself kind of sucked. Just a just a little fun film fact for everybody out there. Hey, now I regret it less. <laughs> now, Nathan Wade and Fannie Willis, they do love to go cruising together. And they also were both testifying at the disqualification hearing. And at the time when Nathan Wade shows up, I'm thinking... This has got to be some of the worst testimony I've ever seen given. As far as, you know, on I booked lots of cabins. On TV. The man was sweating. The man was really, you know, putting in quite the performance, trying to pretend that he wasn't sure about the I do not recall. He didn't know. The whole thing was based off the timeline of their relationship. So you'd think, since that's kind of the crux of the case, that he might have refreshed his memory on the start and end date of said relationship. But it seemed like the first he was hearing of this was on the stand. And so I remember watching it, and I said to Jared, this is amazing. I said, you got to turn this on on the TV in the green room. You got to have this on full volume because on my TV, as I always mention, I don't get the volume. And typically that's okay. But once in a while, you need to hear things. And it was so amazing to watch. And I thought, there's no way she could be worse than this. And then she comes in. She comes in hot. She was angry from from the moment she sat down in that magenta dress. She was not happy. And I would say... In hindsight, he did a better job than she did just because he seemed to be a bit nervous. And that humility, I think, bodes well for him. I think coming off as nervous and a bit intimidated by the whole thing, maybe even a a little bit aware of the fact that you did something wrong is better than the arrogance that she showed on the stand. But one thing they were both trying to convince people of is that the relationship started in 2022 and they're trying to convince people that she appointed him special prosecutor even though he had really no experience in this and that she started paying him a lot more money than his counterparts who had experience in this um legal sector but she was just paying him more because i don't know it seems like she was paying him more because they were going on cruises together but it all hinges on this timeline and so now it comes out Trump's attorneys have Nathan Wade's cell phone data. 
And there's been at least 35 visits to Fannie Willis's condo before the relationship started. I don't know what you would, I guess they were, I don't know, because at that, I don't even know what you'd call those. Because if, if it's the relationship hasn't started yet and you haven't appointed him special prosecutor, then how do you explain those meetings at like two in the morning? You can't, really. 2,000 calls and 12,000 texts between Wade and Willis in 2021. Late night hookups after calls from Willis. Bad news for Willis. This is from the account Technofrog on Twitter. And Technofrog. Sorry, what did I Technofrog? said Technofrog. (laughs) The wheels are coming off, everybody. It's Friday afternoon. Uh, It says there were multiple romantic late nights at Willis's condo in 2021. I actually said to Howie, I go, I don't know if you can run with this yet. Wait for an article to come out. And by the way, since then, the Daily Mail, the Atlanta Journal, like a lot of places have written about this at this point. I saw Megyn Kelly tweeting about it, but I said to Howie, I don't know if you can trust this because Technofrog has put it out. And Howie said, oh, no, they're really good on Twitter. Yeah, Technofrog is great. Howie said, oh, no, they're awesome. It's like I think, how techno, I-, I think Technofrog charted in the 80s in Belgium. Am I out of the loop? Like, I'm usually the one telling Howie about things on X, and now he knows about Technofog, and I've never heard of it? What's happening, Jared? What? You're supposed to be keeping me young. There were multiple romantic late nights at Willis's condo in 2021. Each is corroborated by Wade's location and text slash calls between Wade and Willis. The records disprove Willis's testimony. They aren't just disqualifying, they are a threat to Willis's career. So we played Fannie Willis, but we'll play it again. Okay, let's just play it again. This is Fannie Willis trying to trying to answer the question about whether Wade visited her condo. This is cut eight. Because you give us an approximation of how many times Mr. Wade visited you at the condo between the time you moved in and prior to November 1 of 2020. I don't think often, but I don't rem- I don't want to speculate. Can we say more than five, more than ten? I'm going to tell you the problem I'm having here. Let's say more than ten, but I'm not sure that that's even accurate. Uh, he certainly has come and picked me up, gone and grabbed some food to eat. Uh, I don't remember him being in that condo a lot. Do you remember him being in the condo between the hours of 2 and 4 a.m.? Would that, would that, you know, help spark any sort of memory here? You know what I'm curious about, Jared? Because we heard, I watched her whole testimony, and I was hoping for a date, too. I was hoping that she was going to come back the next day. But alas, it was not to be. But during that testimony, she was very... Um, adamant about giving inclusive she kept saying if i'm going to be inclusive i want to be inclusive here and then she would explain she would over explain and i was talking to mac gagnon from wgan i call in with them every monday and he made a great point he said that's like one of the first signs someone's lying is when they give so much extraneous detail and it's they're trying so hard it's like thou doth protest too much they have to tell you the exact dressing that was on their salad when they were out to lunch and what restaurant because they're trying so hard to prove to you that they're not lying And I'm curious, and this is where you come in, what do we think her explanation for why Wade is going to her home, what do we say, 35 times? We have 35 visits to Willis's condo before the relationship started. What could the explanation be based off what we've already seen? If AI were to generate 
an excuse from Fanny Willis. Asian Pope. <laughs> What's he going to come up with? I don't know, because during this whole schadenfreude of, of testimony, <laughs> where she was talking about how lonely 2021 was for her and how much her 50th birthday sucked, I I guess she could try and play it off as, like, I just needed company, but uh, was it uh, Sadow? Sadow? I don't know how to... Uh, the, the prosecutor, I don't know how to say his name, the guy asking the question. I on only this know one. Merchant, I'm not sure yeah. you guys. Um, he, he did bring up, and I didn't grab this cut because it was so much to get through. He did, but he said, did anybody else on your team visit you with the condo at any time? Did Anna, <laughs> whatever her name is, did she visit you? And no, nobody visited. Nobody else uh, from the office or the prosecution team uh, that she worked with, subordinates, coworkers, whatever label she doesn't want to put on it. Uh, he's the only one that visited that condo. Duly noted. Yes. All right. So now, I don't know what the excuse would be. It's going to be good, though. Oh, it's it's going to be great. Based off the the testimony of both of them and Fannie Willis's father, it's going to be good. I was lonely. What would you expect? Now, Nathan Wade, also, we have a flashback for you that a lot of people are enjoying these flashbacks, and it's a lot of them are going viral on Instagram and all these places. This is Nathan Wade trying to figure out what you're going to find in his phone records. This is cut nine. Would you say that was frequent? When I say frequent, do you think prior to November 1st of 2021, you were at the condo more than 10 times? No, sir. So it'd be less than 10 times? Yes, sir. So if phone records were to reflect that you were making phone calls from the same location as the condo before November uh, 1st of 2021, and it was on multiple occasions, the phone records would be wrong? If phone records reflected that, yes, sir. They'd be wrong. They'd be wrong. Okay. Who do you... Now, here's a question. Who do you trust more, the phone records or Nathan Wade? Is it possible that this is some sort of setup? Like, like William Howard Taft, is he being set up? Is this a Taft job? That's all? I'm just throwing it out there, Jared. You're laughing at me through the glass. I'm throwing it out there. Is this a Nancy Pelosi, I'm getting my hair done, I've been set up kind of situation? Are the cell phone companies, AT&T, Verizon, big cell phone everywhere, are they conspiring to take down these two lovebirds? Lying is hardly the act of a fine southern gentleman, as I do declare. <laughs> Um. Yeah, <laughs> I I I gotta go with the phone records. Although it's interesting when I when I pulled the clip, I didn't hear it. When he, when the set, set out set out specifically asked. So if the phone records existed, they'd be wrong. Oh yeah, they'd be wrong. I think he was like, okay, let's go get some phone records. Yeah, because I don't believe this guy. Oh no, I think they already had them. You know what? I they probably they, did. I think he's like just so yeah because. You always, there's always a moment with good lawyers where you realize, where the person who's getting questioned realizes like, oh, he's asking me this question because he already knows the answer. <laughs> That's the first rule. Don't ask questions you don't know the answer to. And so Nathan Wade's sitting there going, well, he's asking this question and he probably already knows. So maybe I shouldn't lie to him, but he decides to. Anyway, um, just another thing for you on Fannie Willis. Fannie Willis, this is from the Free Beacon. They do really good stuff. Fannie Willis secures the bag, gets $600,000 in taxpayer-funded cars while stonewalling county audit. Fulton County District Attorney Fannie Willis on Wednesday secured over $600,000 in taxpayer funds to buy her staff a fleet of brand new cars, even though lawmakers don't know what she plans to use them for. 
like it's any of your business. Lunch trips to cabins in Tennessee, presumably. Four of the Fulton County Board of Commissioners Democratic members voted to approve Willis's request, with one Democrat joining the board's two Republicans to block the request. The trio objected that the embattled district attorney, who has already spent over $1.2 million on vehicles for her office since 2021, gave no justification for the purchase of 16 additional vehicles. So we're just supposed to blindly approve vehicles without knowing exactly what they're being used for? Commissioner Bridget Thorne asked during Wednesday's recess meeting. I've got a list of all the vehicles in her pool. It looks like a lot of them have been unassigned. She has over 20 that are unassigned here. I don't know why she would need more vehicles if she's not using the vehicles she has are all good questions now i'm not a lawyer don't pretend to be but um i'm also not a member of any type of council but if a person in the situation that fanny willis finds herself in comes to me asking for anything with taxpayer money i'm gonna hit the pause button on that one yes you know what maybe we wait Maybe maybe we wait and see how the end of your <laughs> fraud or whatever trial your you know maybe the inappropriate behavior fraud trial. Let's wait until that is done till we give you some more money. Let's wait till that cools off a little bit. You know, you're a little hot in the news right now. Maybe just give it a beat. Just a I need beat. 16 cars. Why? You know what? You know what I think we should stop doing that. We preface everything with I'm not a lawyer. And I'm seeing a lot of these lawyers lately, Jared. I don't know. I don't I don't really you know, know if they know any more than we do. I'm going to Google Gemini myself as a lawyer and see what comes up. Yeah, do it. Let me know. I'm curious. Hey, I want to give people one more bit of information here because we started the show with that story on Fannie Willis. We also started the show with a story on Joe Biden and um, all the details the Daily Mail gives. Bleary-eyed and with sleep apnea machines strapped to his face, Biden wakes up most mornings when his cat Willow crawls across him. I also wanted to... <laughs> if that's not enough to really just assure you that we're in good hands. Um, But I wanted, oh, they also say, the president who wears a continuous positive airway pressure CPAP machine to treat his sleep apnea and often has visible indentations from its straps on his face moves a bit slower. They're they're not trying to paint a good picture here for Joe, but I also just wanted to tell you guys, they focus a little bit on his uh, sturdy-looking pair of wide-soled transport shoes so he wears like giant sneakers paired with a $2,000 Italian suit. And I really like this part. The majority of the president's public schedule, whether they be remarks on the economy or greeting a foreign leader, are scheduled by staff between 10 a.m. and 4 p.m. White House insiders say the president is at his sharpest during these hours. So we're seeing him at his sharpest, which is a scary, scary thought. And then this quote. Biden needs to make sure that he's rested before he goes out. The care and feeding of the president is really important, said Whipple, who's the author of this new book, The Fight of His Life Inside Joe Biden's White House. That sentence... The care and feeding of of the the president president is really important. That sentence is... Is he a gremlin? (laughs) Don't feed him after... Don't feed him or get him wet after midnight. Just don't do it. It's the staff's job, he noted, to rein him in and make sure that he's at his best. All that from the hangover. I do have to give credit. A very weird sentence, though. The care and yeah, that's concerning. of the president. I was going to say it sounds like they they have a new puppy, but you're right. We know they can't have a new puppy. There's no more dogs <laughs> in the White House. But do he and Willow dine together? And like they just put a dish out for both of them. Ring and it a says, bell? the president's personal assistant keeps the president fueled with his favorite treats: orange Gatorade, Coke Zero, and chocolate chip cookies. I just want to. This is the last thing I'm going to say before we go to break. You know what? You're 81, Mr. President. Go high test. 
Forget the Coke Zero. Go for the real thing. Why not? Go for the real thing. It's delicious. Because Hunter's got all of it. Wow. Jared, dare I say you're on fire today? We're going to be right back with Howard Lawrence Carr. Don't go anywhere. You're listening to The Grace Curley Show. This is the Grace Curley Show. I put lots of candy. Jerry Diglio. I would say ten out of ten for today, but that doesn't even do you justice. All right, so my question for Howie Carr as he joins us for the car crossover, as he's nice enough to do every day at this time, is is this the end of the road for Fannie Willis? And some people are saying it's not just that she's going to be disqualified from this case, Howie. This could be something very damaging for her for her career. Are people making a lot out of nothing, or is this the end of the road? That's my poll question, basically. Really? I give, uh, I give you all these, uh, I give people all these options, and I also said, are they going to be both be hired as professors in the DEI department at Harvard now <laughs> that we have a third black woman charged with uh, more than 40 counts of plagiarism? Well, well, that seems to be the requirement to get the job now is that you have to have a lot of play, a lot of uh, what do they call it, inadequate citations or yes. borrowing yeah, citations yes. in your resume. Yes, inadequate citations is the way to put it. Yes, uh, apparently she inadequately cited uh, this this latest one. Uh, you know, they ha- I, they have the diversity chief and the diversity uh, inclusion and balance. This woman's into balancing, so maybe she, if she gets fired, she can go to work at the White House with the uh, personal trainer for uh, for for Brandon, trying to keep him upright every day. Balancing. Balancing. That's the title in the. Uh, in the job description for this uh, this latest uh, wow. this latest future Boston Globe columnist. What a career. Well, how many business ventures can one person have? She sounds like Jim Biden. Hey, by the way, Howie, one last thing for you. Turns out Biden's planning to hit food shrinkflation during his State of the Union address. That ought to be a doozy. I hope he holds up a Snickers bar. <laughs> Howie Carr is coming up next, everybody. We'll see you Monday.